How many people do it, Jonathan? How many people do the thing that I'm thinking of? What do you think? Um, how many? I'm going to say it's not that many. It's a lower number than people would probably think if they didn't really let themselves think deeply about it. So I'm going to go extra, like so extra special sauce on that one. And I'm going to say it's, it's shockingly low. So it's like, it's like 1,200 people. 1,200, 1200 people. people. Yeah. yeah. Maybe. Maybe. I think it's one of those things that more people do than you expect, actually. It's something oh, that... Oh, my gosh. I know. Yeah. I totally baited you there. Uh, it's something that Kevin Durant has done, the NBA player. And it is oh. now something that HBO has done. Oh. HBO so it's... created fake online trolls to attack critics. Hmm. I actually saw a fake. Uh, oh, this was for Disney, but I saw it. Maybe it wasn't actually a Disney paid account, but I saw it in a Reddit uh, thread where people are talking about the Marvels, which actually is coming out as we're recording today. It's coming out and it's going to be the biggest flop in the history of Marvel, almost certainly for a movie anyway. Um, and someone posted they did their, their last trailer like a week ago and I watched it on the Reddit. Stream. It was it's not a good trailer. And someone said like, oh, the. Uh, the CGI is really great and it looks so good. And then someone else posts underneath agreeing and all this stuff and saying, but all the fit, all the people who just hate Marvel are going to say this, this, and this, but it was the same account replying to themselves as if they were different people. Like they forgot to switch accounts. Uh, so then everyone caught uh, them. And yeah, that's funny. how, that's how Kevin Durant got caught back in the day. Are you aware of the Kevin Durant one? I vaguely remember the Kevin Durant one. Um, this actually happens a little bit more than you think, but probably less than 1,200 people or so in the world do it. Oh, really? Yeah, you think so? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Probably like 1,100 and change. You don't think high school kids are doing this? Like, Uh, like, oh, you know what? Daryl Peterson has got to be the coolest kid at Jefferson High. I just just know this as as another student of Jefferson High. uh, Who has a Twitter but no one's ever heard of? Do you think that that really is a thing? I mean, it's like I'm a new I'm a foreign exchange student and I can tell from my outside perspective. I come from a different society even. And Daryl Peterson's coolness cuts through the fog. I, it I see it. It can't <laughs> I understand be verified. It. It's, it's too easy to verify that that person doesn't exist. So it can't be in high school like that. Do you anyway. think the high it school kids be... are verifying it? They're Gen Z. They don't know how to use tech. <laughs> Gen Z just they, don't need- they they only look at screens and touch the screen. They're like, I hope it does my laundry for me. They don't know how to use it. They don't know how to I mean, verify no one, things. Do you do you know how a radio works? Do you know how to tell a radio? Works? I press a the telephone? button and it fucking goes. Yeah. <laughs> like, I don't know. <laughs> um, no, you don't well, we need can, tech. Our, we you don't need tech agree. to verify someone in your high school is what I'm saying. You just say, hey, does anyone know this kid? No. Oh, the foreign exchange kid who's tweeting doesn't exist. Yeah, I didn't think so. <laughs> what are you talking really about? Easy. <laughs> I have a girlfriend in Canada. Um, we can at least agree, though, that Daryl Peterson is the coolest kid at Jefferson High. Like we, if See, he's the coolest thing anything... since sliced fog. Yeah, sliced fog. See, slicing through yeah. the fog is a good is a good term. So it is the funniest instance of this. And I just thought of this because of the Kevin Durant thing also relates to the NBA. It was Alfred Payton, who nobody has heard of. Nobody has heard of I Alfred mean, Payton unless you're really I've deep into like, OK, if you watch a lot of basketball and care about basketball, sure. But he he was like a bench player who tweeted with his fake account like, you know what? Alfred Payton should really be getting more playing time. I really feel like the Knicks would be doing better if Alfred Payton yeah. had more of the ball in his hands. You know, that stuff is great. The- 
I mean, that's one of the ways they do it. I mean, um, what was the name of the Sixers GM? Brian Colangelo. Oh, yeah. yeah he was caught doing it, like, this. Intensely. because Yeah, and he kept, you know, he did it as sometimes it's like insiders. You know, like I know all about, I, I know people on the inside and let me tell you, like Embiid's more hurt than than anyone's reporting stuff like that. Um, and just defending Coangelo, like he um, famously said, like, get a different slant to someone because they were attacking him correctly about who even knows anymore. Some terrible GM move they made. And he's like, oh, no, no, you're completely wrong. Elton Brand, this, this and this. Get a different slant. And uh, people still say that. I still say that in my head to myself, not to other people. I have never heard you say get a different slant. I said to myself, you I you don't have the you don't have the Daryl Peterson esque ability to pull off that phrase. <laughs> you know, you know what happens when he says it. Everybody's like, I should get a different slant. Daryl Peterson Whoa. said so. <laughs> yeah, I should really think yeah. about getting a different slant at this time. You so, should be. Are, are you Daryl Peterson? <laughs> it feels like you are Daryl Peterson and you are now. I mean, fake is, tweeting about him, except it's a podcast. It is a long con that I have told you for our 12-year friendship that my name is Grant Dennison, where in fact it is Daryl Peterson, and I am still in high school, and I am the coolest kid at, in the high school. I mean, our 12-year acquaintanceship, yeah. Um, like, we've known each other. We met 12 years ago, yeah, is what I would say to that, right? Yeah. Like, that's sure. it, though. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So let's talk yeah. about this HBO I just, thing. I just, I just hate when people about, mislabel like, things. Oh, yeah. We're just talking about, like, NBA players who... You know, you're an NBA player. You might be a bit childish in a certain way. You expect the executive of HBO to be a little bit less childish than, you know, a professional athlete or somebody who is defending Daryl Peterson. But HBO had like official trolls who would go after reviewers. What do you make of that? Like, how do you feel about that? Does it matter? Well, when you say go after, what were they actually doing and saying? Uh, let's see. I have the article here, so I have a few things. Um, were they just defending the movie? Were they saying the the reviewers are biased? Things uh, like that. So, so the guy is Bloys is this executive's last name, and this is the quote from the article: "Who can go on a mission?" Mister Bloys wrote to his colleague, according to the report. He asked to find a mole who would be at arm's length from HBO executives. We just need a random to make the point and make her feel bad, referring to a critic. Huh. That's yeah. that's weird. That is childish, right? I yeah. thought it was going to be for business reasons. Like at least assuming Disney was actually paying that person in the Reddit thread, and I don't even know that that they were. It could have been a fanboy or some false yeah. flag operation. For all I know, like who who cares really? People but and their Disney's fan allegiances it, are so strong that like it could have exactly. just been a random person. Yeah, it's crazy stuff with that. With all that, especially you get into the Marvel DC superhero stuff, it's nuts. But anyway, um, but that at least if that is, let's say Disney is paying that person. That's to try and, you know, gin up excitement for the movie and have it make it seem like people are excited about it and want to go see it for money. This is just trying to make a reviewer feel bad. That is weird and absolutely yeah. childish. And you know what we could do? I've got a great idea. We could, okay. we could go on. It's not Twitter anymore. It's X. But we could because you can create a whole bunch of different accounts. We could create some different. Well, I'm, I'm going to call them like false accounts on X. And go after this Bloy's character and just and give him a taste of his own medicine. Huh? Uh, no? yeah, you're, you're, you're a genius. What can I say? Thank um, you. Yeah, it seems I like this guy's going to get away with it, but it's just such a like 
strange place for something like that to come from. And it, it makes me think about social media in general and how obviously like Elon Musk has run Twitter under the ground and he's being a big idiot about it, but his general idea that he has to remove bots and remove false accounts is, a, I think, a good idea, but obviously he's doing a terrible job employing that. Um, how do you think this impacts like just general human communication over the next you know, 50 years? I, I, this is just like a small example of how the veil of the internet can protect you from, from a lot of things, but like, can we ever really trust anything, any account, unless it is verified by a source that is not just paying $8 to verify itself? Um, it's going to get harder and harder to trust everything on the internet because you see how fast AI imaging is coming. I do. I've been yeah. right on the front lines of that. And it's not all the way there yet, but I can make like a pretty convincing, let's say, Anna de Armas Looks like like a still from an Anna de Armas shot in a movie, which is not that. But I just came up on my computer and did in 30 seconds. Like I've done that successfully. I can do it with Tom Cruise, too, successfully, where I've sent them to friends and say, do you remember this? And whatever. So ghosted the Apple TV plus, you know, Anna de Armas movie. Remember this scene? Wasn't nobody, it great? Nobody saw Ex that movie. And that's what they said. They <laughs> yeah. said they didn't see it. But they didn't say, did you come up with that? They said, oh, I didn't see it. Right. That's yeah. that's the response, because it really looks like her. And there's no reason to think it isn't her. Um, so I think all of the kind of incredible AI art stuff that's happening right now is going to make it 10 times harder to understand what's real and what isn't than it's been. And already the whole world's had problems with dis disinformation on Facebook and other things with very, I would say, str fairly straightforward, usually not always, but usually obvious like that can't be real <laughs> kind of things, yeah. you know, yeah. and to the point where there's a, there's like a fact check section in google news now every single day you know where there's like here's right. the four most whatever fact checks um but it's gonna get it's just gonna get harder and i'm not sure how we're going to account for that when we can't trust video that looks perfect and, right. and it's I mean, gonna come down to sourcing like you're saying the tom cruise deepfakes those have been around since before the whole ai explosion even like if you get somebody who looks like even the tiniest bit like Tom Cruise, you can do a pretty strong Tom Cruise deepfake. And I'm sure that's true for a lot of other people. I think there's been some Obama deepfakes that are like indistinguishable from Obama. So that that's kind of scary. The idea of like using world leader imagery to, to mm -hmm. influence people without the world leader actually saying what you're claiming they said. Yeah. And you, and very soon you won't need someone who sort of looks like them either, you know, Right. right now, you you could probably even do it right now if you had all the best stuff. You could probably do it just with any human just to use their body movements to have them seem a little bit more natural. But soon that'll all be fine, too. And you can just type in a sentence and you can have Obama do whatever he want, whatever you want him to do, you know, on in, in the video. And that'll look perfect. Like that is all coming soon. Right. Real soon, yeah. like six months to a year soon. Well, you are the eternal tech optimist, so I'm going to give it more like 6 to 12 years based on the general Jonathan Levy ability to assess how soon tech is coming. But that's still pretty soon. I uh, think for a, like a 10-second clip of Obama doing anything you want him to do, I think a year is maybe pessimistic, honestly. Yeah, as and same with self-driving cars, right? It's like by 2015, for sure. Self-driving cars are going to be a thing. It's a little different. I'm, I'm, I'm right in the trenches here with AI art, though. Like, I see what's being done. I play with the, with the video stuff now. Like, you know, I know what it, they can do. So it's but you're also man. a certified 
Tesla mechanic, so I don't understand. Yeah, the build quality isn't as good as we want it to be, but hopefully when Elon sells off the X for parts and recoups some of his investment, he can put time back into Tesla and destroy that company too. Oh, no. Oh, Elon's taking shots today. All right, so... (laughs) I want to focus a little bit more on where we started here, which is the HBO thing, and it was about reviews. Um, Review culture in general. like, And I I hate using the word culture after a word to describe something, but I can't think of a better way to do it now. But I feel like review culture is entirely broken uh, in, you know, the internet-wielding world. Like, there's... On Amazon, you can do, like, Amazon meta searches to find out how many of the reviews are real and what the adjusted ratings are and stuff and that's pretty good but there's been problems with reviews for movies and tv shows forever with just like troll armies and review types like the yes or no review type of rotten tomatoes is itself kind of problematic like you have to say i either like it or i don't that's not great for a movie um do you think that there's any hope of like having good well-trusted reviews in the future like if you need a if you need somebody to fix something critical in your house where do you go on the internet to make sure you get somebody to fix your water heater in a timely efficient fashion that also does fix it like how do you do that properly and trust the reviews i don't think the internet is the place to go for that information uh if you're talking about i think yeah asking people you trust i think it's all about sourcing with all of this stuff and so people you trust is vital like where do you get your car repaired you know like if you want to take it to anywhere besides the dealer i don't think you can trust any of the reviews on the internet for that that would be crazy right so you trust people who have actual experience with mechanics who tell you it's good and have no reason to lie and or are people you trust right and i think that's what it's going to be with movies too i think like we went to the Yelpification of everything for quite a while, and we're in it nice right word. now. That's a that's Thank a you. good word. Yeah, came up with it right now, just for you and the audience, and me and the world. Um, but the Yelpification of everything happened, and there was a while when we all thought that actually had value, right? Right. And now we are seeing more and more, like you're saying, there's a lot of fake reviews on Amazon, which are literally just people whose job it is is to post reviews of you know really great five star reviews of things you know all day long but then there's all there's lesser crimes being committed actually Yelp itself would say to businesses if you pay us a certain amount of money we'll remove all your bad reviews you know yikes i forgot about that right yeah like all this stuff is essentially not trustworthy so it comes back to i think like what it used to be just like streaming is going back to commercials and TV is starting to look a little bit more like what it used to. Not, not exactly, but a little bit. I think reviews are going to look like that too, where it's going to be like, instead of trying to get, what does the world think about this vacuum cleaner? It's going to be, what is this one trusted source that I have think about this vacuum cleaner, which, which I know for you is like Consumer Reports, which is a good one, right? You trust them. Yeah. Wire Cutter yeah. with the New York Times is a good one. Um, certain movie reviewers, some people will trust. They'll say they have... You know, they've been doing this for a long time. I don't believe they are bought and paid for by anyone. We have similar tastes. I trust their taste. But as opposed to what do all the reviewers think, which is the other thing that's happening, which is Rotten Tomatoes and even Metacritic, which gives you a weighted score. So I think it's better. But still, some of those reviewers, like sometimes something gets 90% on Metacritic and I'm sure I'm going to love, I do not. And I find incredibly bad and or boring and vice versa sometimes. So I think it's 
drilling down past that and figure out who are the reviewers I actually trust and think actually know what they're talking about. Those are the people I should be paying attention to kind of only. And I bet you we are going to be able to sort of scrape the web for the people we want, their opinions, and only that. So we'll be able to have like personalized Metacritics soon. So I only get the seven reviews, the seven reviewers I care about for the new Marvel movie or whatever it is, instead of all the reviewers. I can see problems with that. You know, like it's kind of, uh, it's not the same, but the, the way that news has become problematic in that you used to get the same news as your neighbor. Now you get the same news as the people with the same political ideology as you throughout the world. So it's just mm-hmm. a reinforcement and you don't get exposed to things that you you don't seek out, which I could see that being a problem for that system that you're trying to create there. Um, but obviously, I mean, aggregation has its issues. And like it, I could see how like in the early tech years, how it's like we're going to aggregate everything and it's going to make everything way, way better, more efficient. And you could see like a true piece of data because we have so such a such a big sample size. But you've pointed out all of the problems with that, obviously. Yeah. I mean, aggregation is too easily um, falsified is what it comes down to, or, or not even just falsified, but that's one piece of it. Right. Um, I think watered and, down, and you're, maybe I hear watered just, down. Okay. That too. Um, or, or just weighted wrong sometimes. Right. But like you're saying like, what would happen if we all only had a few reviewers we trusted or listened to? I don't think that's a problem. Really, like that's the old system, right? That's what we used to do. People would would get their newspaper and they'd open up the movie reviews and they'd read the movie reviews and that would mostly be it. They'd see one review for whatever the movie, the movie, if Frank Rich liked it and you lived in New York, you went and saw it. And if you didn't, you mostly didn't. And that's how it was, right? And maybe there were some costs to that, but they weren't huge. And especially today where we have the ability to see anything at any time, right? Things aren't dead anymore. In the old days, if you didn't see the movie when it came out, the reviewer could literally kill your your chance of really ever seeing that movie back in the like 60s, 70s, and even 80s, essentially. Right. That's not yeah. true anymore. Even the 90s to some degree. That's just not true. You could see anything anytime you want. So if, if your friends like it, you have an opportunity to hear it. You can also still go see these aggregated reviews. Like I still check Metacritic regularly, absolutely, and even Rotten Tomatoes to get a sense of what, what are things I don't know about that the reviewers really, really like. Because I'm often, there are things I've never heard of. There's a movie called Saltburn. That just came out. That's a thriller that I don't know anything about, but I now want to see because it's a very high, highly regarded by critics. Like, that's cool. Um, But I'm one of those people. But a lot of people aren't. A lot of people who don't have as much time as me, maybe, you know, and only want to watch a few things, only have a child or a family. Maybe it's easier for them just to, what is, what is the RogerEbert.com say about this movie? They say it's good. Great. I'm just going to watch it. The point is not to think and not to do this work. Well, yeah. Yeah, it's probably not the same level of problem as the news thing, which is a real problem. Right. Right. Uh, this is like a very first worldly problem you're talking about. Yeah. Now. I got to tell you, with the streaming services going back towards commercials and stuff, they can, they all are getting my $3 or whatever extra to, to of course. pay for not commercials. They're 100% getting my extra money. It's going to work. Take my money. I don't care. Like, I, that's not, that's I can't not working. go back to commercials. It's not working. They don't want you to go, they don't want the money. They'd rather have you watch commercials. They make more money per person. At well, the they better not make that tier. the only option because then I'm just going to be angry. I'm going to be. Of so course, angry. they're not going to do that. But they may end up pricing, you know, making the the premium pricing more and more as they because they don't know how much they can do yet. They know they make they yeah. they prefer people on the ad supported tier. They can only go up so fast without really 
you know, getting mass cancellations. Like Netflix has figured out like every like 14 to 16 months, we can add like a dollar to our price and people freak out, but we don't actually lose subscribers. Um, yeah. So I think, but if they do like Amazon's adding $3 a month now to basically say, if you want it to stay ad free, that is, so it's 36 bucks a year and you never have to sit through an ad. That feels like an absolute deal. And, and if you, unless you never watch Amazon at all, I don't know why you wouldn't do that. Yeah, I'm, I gotta say they got me. Like they they could go way higher. I used to say back when Netflix was like twelve dollars a month, like I would pay forty bucks a month for this. I used to say that, and yeah. maybe I mean, not everybody we, would, but point. you know, yeah, of course we will. It's all gonna cost yeah. more and more. That's just how the world works. Um, yeah, of course. But it's an incredible yeah. deal. These 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 streaming, I mean, they're all except for Netflix. They're all getting killed, you know, financially. Like all of them, to a man, they're all losing huge amounts of money. I think. Um, I think it's Warner Brothers, which is Max. Like, we're all excited and said, hey, we only lost $350 million last quarter, guys. It's getting better. Like, that was, like, good news well, to the investors. Maybe that's the type of pressure that leads an executive to create troll reviews or trolls yeah. to, like, attack reviewers. Um, I guess, like, Apple and Amazon don't care because they just have infinite coffers, so they don't really care about losing money on their streaming services. I mean, right I think we are going to start to see them caring a little bit more, too. Notice Amazon is adding $3 a month and doing the ad-supported tier. Why are they doing that, right? Because they, Jeff Bezos needs, like, a gold cowboy hat. Right. That's, I mean, that's why. <laughs> I think we may see them not spend as lavishly as they've been spending. And I'm curious to see Apple, who just put up $200 million for Killers of the Flower Moon, the Scorsese movie, and is going to come nowhere close to recouping that money. It is probably going to end up making $90 million worldwide, $100 million tops worldwide, of which Apple themselves will probably get like 60 to $65 million. We haven't even gotten into the cost for, for doing promos for that thing, which is probably another $50 million cost. So Apple might be out $200 million. And I don't think a lot of people are going to be signing up to Apple TV Plus to see Killers of the Flower Moon, even though that'll be the only place you can see it. Some people, but not nearly enough, right? Right now, Apple claims they don't care. We'll see, because if they keep making $200 million movies, that'll be the proof. But if they start making smaller movies instead and, and, and never have the big $200 million movie, then actually they do care. I'd be surprised if they feel like they can keep justifying this type of investment. Yeah, I'm guessing that Apple, in pretty much all cases, based on having such an infinite amount of money, is looking at everything in a very long-term scale, like decade yeah. to 15 years at least as far as Apple TV Plus and their their strategy is not how much can I make on this exact project, but how do I make it so in the future, this is the most appealing streaming platform that there is. And I think that's probably all of their strategy. Um. I, I agree with you. It's very possible that they're just going to buy Disney, for example. Yeah, like there's, I mean, that's there's one real way to do talk it. about that. Right. And then they also have now they have their sort of prestige line of the Apple TV Plus stuff. And then they'll have all the Disney content, which is a, you know, a mammoth amount of content. It includes Fox, Marvel, Pixar, Discovery, you know, Star Wars. It goes on and on. A million kids stuff. ESPN. Would they get ESPN also? Would they have like live sure. ESPN stuff going on? Uh, in theory, now may, maybe not. Maybe that would get spun out into its own company, and it's hard. It's hard to know. They're, I think they would be buying it for the streaming, not for the ESPN of it all. Is my guess. Um, I, by the way, ESPN is an interesting spot because ESPN, up until very recently, even now, I guess, but has been living the golden life that essentially no one gets to do. They get to double charge for ESPN, where they charge the cable operators a huge amount of money per person. Because that's the thing that sort of 
people feel like they have to have cable for the live sports and it's Monday night football and stuff like that. That's why ESPN pays $1.1 billion a year or whatever it is now for Monday night football, but they also get to have ads. So they get huge money as well that way. And so they've been crushing it forever, but as cable has died and people are cutting the cord more and more, they're going to lose that first thing. And then people are going to pay for ESPN, but they're not going to be willing to pay that much and also have ads as we see, right? Like yeah, maybe, well, I mean, how much would you pay for ESPN? Just ESPN. Not, not that much. I mean, maybe for me, it's like it's like a dollar, two dollars a month. I don't think I'd even want to pay more than that. Like what's on ESPN yeah. that I need to see so badly? And I think live this is going to be a real. Yeah, but there's live sports on a lot of things, right? Like, I don't know yeah. what live sports on ESPN. That's so important. I don't know if there is any for me. At 3 a.m., um, they have the cricket championships of Bangladesh, and that's pretty that good. That is true. So you do yeah. have that. So for you, maybe it's 350 a month. ESPN2 like ESPN has cornhole. Be... They have cornhole. They there's have the cornhole, cornhole channel. There's a cornhole. Yeah. There's a but dedicated they... cornhole channel. Dude, you know that you can't watch the cornhole channel and see peak cornhole. That is a bunch of amateurs tossing fucking shit bags. You know those are not the high-quality bags. You know they are not elite. You know that the ESPN2 Cornhole Championship Games.com is the best place to watch cornhole. You know that. See, this is what happens. You say some shit <laughs> and you wander into an alley that you're just not prepared for the type of resistance okay, you you're going to say. You got something I've to say? Wa- I've actually watched the cornhole channel for real. I know what's it, happening on the cornhole Was channel. it top tier cornhole? Yes, it is championship sure? cornhole. To your yes. to your cornhole idiot eyes, sure it looked good, but like, do you think it's really as good as the ESPN two cornhole? Do you think the lighting is um, as good? Do you think they have the yeah. players that are as good? They the players so. are as good for sure, but the lighting is probably isn't. I will say this: the production quality not super high on the cornhole channel right now. I'll say that. <laughs> big, big surprise. Yeah. It is surprising that it exists, though, for sure. Um, all right, back to review culture, real quick. I want to talk about another yeah. aspect of it, which is. The incentives for consumers that are just completely out of line. Uh, I'm thinking specifically of things like Airbnb and Uber and Lyft, uh, where, and this is true uh, when humans rate things in general. I don't know why we've created this rating system where seven means like average out of 10. Uh, I don't understand why five isn't average. Like if you say somebody's a five in attractiveness, it's like an insult, right? But really, that means average. It should mean average, but that's not what people. It doesn't mean, mean average, right? Yeah, it's it because like, uh, yeah. if you say it to someone's face that they're a five, they're going to get really upset with you. So people bump everything up. It's like when you guess people's age, you bump everything down, you know? No, but okay, but gr- whatever, everything's graded on a curve, buddy. If that because you don't want to have the confrontation. That, if that's how that originated, it then seeps into it when you're grading somebody's attractiveness with somebody else. And the person whose attractiveness it is, is never going to hear it. Seven is still average. It doesn't. No, it's not. No, that's not my experience. My experience is when when it's just. When it's just two people who are not grading each other and talking about others who are not around who will not hear it, a five is average, is my experience. Right. Well, then you you live in a privileged world. I do. Unvarnished by the bastardization of such rating systems. But Uber, Lyft, Airbnb, they don't. Like, if you see, if you yeah. order a, a Lyft and the driver has a 3.1 rating, you're like, I'm not getting in that fucking car. Right. Right. Like I'm going to get murdered if I get in this 3.1 car. Like <laughs> it does sound real bad. Yeah. But it's five stars. Two and a half should be average. Two and a half should but be. That's there was there was like a perfectly good driving experience and I nothing good happened. Nothing bad happened. It was fine. No, 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 no. But you're imagining that that 3.2 
rating is one person giving the person a 3.2, but actually what it is, it's a bunch of people giving that person five stars and then a bunch of people giving it much less than a 3.2 and it averages out at a 3.2, right? It's okay. not 500 people giving them a three. It's, it's, it's 400 people giving them a five-star rating and 100 people giving a one or two-star rating. It's something like that, right? So now that is not as good, right? Would you want that? Yeah. No, but you would. All right, think about it as the consumer when you're rating somebody, somebody though. Like you give yeah. five stars when you don't mean five stars, right? Because you know what it means for that driver. If they did a perfectly good job, they were perfectly fine. You don't want to hurt yeah. their business in any way. Right. You give them five stars, right? Because if they you give them four stars, job. you know that yeah. yeah, that you know that hurts yeah. them a little bit if you give them four stars. Right. So it's right. inherently broken, right? It is broken. Now at the same point, to that degree it's broken. But there's no um penalty to the to the rater, right? So that part's good. There's no like incentive for me except that I know it like helps the driver. It hurts the driver if I give him a lower score, really. It's not that it helps. Them, yeah, I mean, right? but that's but as a human that's, who cares for other humans, you don't want to, you know, imp- like you don't want to give this guy four stars because he was not entirely perfect, right? Because there was like a little dust on the ground under your feet. You're not going to be like, well, that's four stars instead of five even though everything else was fine because you know that could actually impact him financially over time. Well, you don't want to, but there, I'm sure there are lots of people who do that exact thing, right? And I think a lot fewer than you imagine. Like, you're in the minority in that you send back food and shit like that. Most people yeah. don't, you know? Yeah. Like, maybe I you'll will be say, more honest in spots like that. Well, in, in, a, in a spot like that, though, I just generally don't. If I can't give a five-star rating, I mostly just won't give a rating unless something is horrible and I want to make sure other people know. You know, if it's like, yeah. if it would be a four, I just, either I would give them a five, like you're saying. Because it's like, it was good. It was fine. Like, I have no problem, no complaints. Or, but that isn't like tip top service. It was like, just, it was just good. It's just what I expect, you know? Um, or I just won't give them anything at all if it was slightly not amazing. Cause like, yeah, they did, they got me from A to B. What, do, why, why am I complaining? Like, it's fine. But I don't want it, but I don't want to hurt them. So I just don't do anything at all. Speaking of what you mentioned about like, there's no actual effect on the consumer. In on Airbnb, it kind of seems like there is a little bit. They at least in, it feels that way sometimes because when you stay at an Airbnb, then it says unlock your host's review of you by reviewing your host, and it gives like I don't think there's anything there, but it gives the impression I think to a lot of people that like the host might somehow change their review of you if you give the host a bad review. It creates kind of like a standoff situation in people's minds. I think. Well, what's tr- what Airbnb is trying to do is create a situation where no one gets to see the review by the other person until both reviews are submitted. So it's right. trying to do the opposite, right? I know, um, I know, but it, but the fact that each person reviews the other is like a little bit strange. You know, it creates kind of like a mutually assured destruction feel to it a little bit. But it isn't right because, like, I know, if I know. review. If you can't see what my review is and you review me, then it's safe. Right? I, I understand there's that feel, but like, what else are they supposed to do? Like, they want you to be able to review the hosts, and they really want the hosts to be able to review the people too. So the way other hosts understand if they even want these people, right? Because yeah. this, I mean, the whole gig economy here is like a little bit on trial. I would say with this, here's the thing that happened. So I, I um, was north of Seattle about a month ago and got an Airbnb, and there were numerous problems with the Airbnb. Yeah, there were weird stains on the sheets like dirt that had been like washed into the sheets, not, and it was, so the sheets were clean, but they, it was clearly not professional. There was um, the faucets on the shower were not attached correctly. So like I would screw them and nothing happened. I had to like, 
do a little work to like make it happen. It was fine. There was like, um, like metal screws or something that were like on the floor that hadn't been like picked up or something. So like I stepped on one and like it you could hurt a like little. You could puncture you could puncture your foot with this thing. Eh, I don't know about puncture. It just like hurts. It's huh, okay. I would say puncture. And there was like there was something else too. Who can remember? But it was another thing along those lines. And maybe uh, something that they absolutely should have had and somehow didn't have. So I wrote them and told them this. And they said, we're so sorry. They wrote me back like the next day. We're so sorry. We're going to give you a full refund. And then they gave me a review. And then it was my turn to give them a review. And I'm like, what the fuck do I do with this? Like, Hot, yeah. do I protect? Like, do I just tell everyone what happened? It feels like even in the telling what happened, Someone would start to see my complaints about it and then just not even continue when, in fact, everything was made whole. So in the end, I just didn't give a review at all because I'm like, I sort of, it feels like it sort of canceled itself out a little bit. It was bad, but then it was good. I mean, I stayed for free. I don't have a, any reasonable complaint there. What would you do with that? You could do the review non-chronologically and be like, I just want to preface this by saying I was given a full refund. And they mm. were gracious and understanding about my concerns about the property, but there were some issues with the property. Here's what they were. Hopefully, yeah. by the time that you're reading this, they will have fixed these concerns. It does still feel like even that would be a little damaging to them. And since they made me well, whole, they should be it... damaged. They sh they should be damaged. I know they made you whole, but they also put this thing on the market with yeah. metal screws on the ground. It's and, true. Uh, stains on the sheets and a shower that didn't work. Like it, it was weird. That's that means that they did not do their job well, even though they gave you a right. refund. What the yeah. what the capitalism in the situation stated was, I will provide you with a space. You will pay me money. We will both be satisfied by this arrangement. And you were not satisfied, and yeah. they paid you back. But that doesn't. I mean, mean paying me back is pretty good, though. Is their is. willingness to pay me back is what I'm saying is what's good about it, right? Like, I wasn't expecting to get a full refund. I was hoping they were going to knock, you know, a little bit of money off, like 10 or 15% or 20%. The full refund shocked me, honestly. Like, uh, that well, is yeah, well in, above and beyond what you what I would have expected. I went in for for heightening surgery, and I wanted to, to go from 6 feet to 6'4", and I came out, and I was 5'4". You know what? They gave me my money back. It's fine. I don't care. <laughs> I wasn't damaged by it. I still got to sleep there. It wasn't the end of the world. But I you did get shorter. You got a little bit shorter, right? <laughs> I'm just saying, it's, it was a complicated thing. I wasn't sure what to do. I was with my two grad school friends, and I, and I presented this to them, and they both said, you should just not leave a review. Basically, opt out. And I was like, all right, I'm going to do that. But that's the easiest. But I don't know what the answer is. I think that's probably the right answer. I don't think you need to leave a review for that. Like, I've, in the past not left reviews in spots where I'm like, eh, the general public could probably use some information on this, but also I don't really want to put anybody on blast. And I, I don't know, I'm just not going to do it. You know? Yeah. It's so there's lots of problems with review culture. I like, we can't trust any of these things. Well, there is something nice though. The review gives the consumer us a hammer to wield at least the threat of the yeah. bad review. Right. So that yeah. like, I, don't know for sure with these people, but I would guess that I would not have gotten a full refund if there was no way I could tell anyone about oh, yeah. the fact that I had a bad experience, right? Um, right? And in fact, this is true with Amazon too. If you get products from third-party places on Amazon and you, don't, you have a problem, if you write to them, they'll often give you a full refund and let you keep the thing and maybe even send you another one. They just don't want a bad review. Anything to avoid a bad review. Um, yeah, I, I can agree that there is definitely 
a lot that it's just like this guillotine hanging over the head of the the person who is going to be reviewed. And it is needed. I, I remember there was like before Airbnb, there was already, you know, vacation rentals. It just wasn't as well organized or well orchestrated. But there was something called Home Away. Have you heard of this? It might still exist. Uh, I'm not sure. It's been a while. I went to Europe with my mom in like 2011 and we stayed at a home away place in London and there was no reviews. There was no like way to know anything about the place except for what the place decided to put on their listing. And Mm -hmm. it turned out that at the time and for like the entirety of, I think 16 to 18 months, which the host definitely knew, but did not disclose to us the tube, which is the, you know, the Metro system in London that had a stop right next to it. It was Kensington station was being worked on and the way it was being worked on required it to be open air instead of underground. So every train was incredibly loud and it came every 40 minutes all night, every night that we were there. Oh, and there was no. no way for us. There was no way for us to know. Yeah. 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 So I remember the review you and I, helps with that. Yeah. You and I were in Las Vegas and we had an Airbnb for a month because we were playing mm-hmm. poker out there. And if you remember, it was very hot because it was the summer summer in las vegas i mean my god what are we doing and the um the air conditioners didn't work and yeah. it was just perilous, perilously hot for basically the entire month it was horrific and i said to the guy like hey so you you have to give us a discount for this and he just refused i think he ended up giving us 50 dollars off for the entire month it was like we gave him thousands of dollars he gives like 50 bucks off and it's like he did he was not afraid of the review somehow I don't understand what yeah. that was about. Maybe, maybe he like, was. I feel like it wasn't the whole time. Up. Like he, they did actually was, fix it at some point, didn't they? No, they tried to. They never actually succeeded. If, I think ah. the first week it worked, and then they froze, and then once they freeze, it's it's broken. Even though it's the the height of summer, the, it gets all icy and messed up or something. Anyway, it sucked, and I was yeah, I was really aghast that the guy gave us like essentially nothing and told us to fuck off. That was really shocking to me. But we didn't have yeah. I, and our, and our the, the review was not a hammer for him. It just did not. I think I battered the hell out of him in the review as a result. You know, well, good. I haven't yeah. really. I didn't start out this way when I was using Airbnb at first, but I've kind of honed in my Airbnb strategy to to just only really go to places with a lot of reviews that have good reviews. Yeah. So there there is something that reviews are doing for me that are that's helping a lot because. Sometimes you luck out, you get a place that has no reviews because it's new on the market and you're like, it looks good and it's cheaper than its counterparts that are the same. And some, and sometimes that really works out. You know, you're the first one to stay or one of the first few to stay at a place that will ultimately have very good reviews in the end, but there's a risk there. You know, if you're going with your family for 10 days, it's probably not a risk worth taking. Right. Absolutely. hundred percent. Um, I would say what a lot of people do, I think I do this too. Sometimes I'm like pull up Google maps and I type in restaurants near me and it gives me a bunch and I, you know, make it like four and a half stars or higher. And then I look to see how many reviews there are and I hope it works out. And it sometimes does. And it sometimes doesn't quite frankly, you know, a lot of times it's like, this is very mediocre, even though it's the best rated Thai food place in the area. That's not, it shouldn't be rated this high, even if it's the best one, because good Lord, this is super Super mid. Well, yeah. Another say. another poker related thing from poker trips. We've done many poker trips to the coast of Oregon, to Lincoln City, Oregon. Yes. There's a series that goes on there. And for some reason, Lincoln City is just a complete dead zone of quality food. It's just very hard to find food that that tastes anything close to like, oh, this is really good food. You know, it's just it's just not there. But the reviews 
have kind of self-adjusted to that where like we'll look online right. i'll be like oh this thing's a 4.8 and we go we're like did they cook the chicken or is it just they throw it on the plate like i don't understand yeah how is this a 4.8 what happened here there's dirt on the floor why is this a 4.8 is there some sort of secret lincoln city cabal like the city council is is pumping up the reviews so that people will come visit lincoln city i don't understand lincoln city if you're if listening the entity of lincoln city get your shit together like get better food what's wrong with you I'm i mean upset. i think i think it's relative to the other places is what is what it ends up being like it's relative to the I other guess. food places in lincoln city which is not how it should be but i don't like, understand i don't want that is this is this is kind of an aside but i don't understand yeah. why that is because it's a vacation destination it's not like I, I would guess the majority of the restaurant attendees are not locals so they shouldn't be grading on a curve the same way a local would it should be people who are it, from places like Portland, which has excellent restaurants. So I don't understand how it ends up like yeah. that. It could just be that the restaurants that are highest rated that we went to and were always disappointed by just they like review bombed it themselves, you know, with like them and all their friends and family and everyone they knew and gave it high, high ratings and other places didn't. And so but they're and they're all very lame. All the restaurants are bad. But so but some of them are higher rated just because of that. That's probably the most likely out, you know, reason. Maybe we've think? just been incredibly unlucky and there are good places nope. that we haven't found no. or no. every time we've gone somewhere that's well reviewed, the chef is like having a Impossible. problem and they're, they're dealing with all sorts of things and they cook their worst they've cooked in their life. Who knows? It's possible. We tried I don't know. Really, really hard in yeah, that town for a long time. Went to every possible place we could go to. Price be damned, by the way. There, we went to like the most expensive seafood place. They're on the water. It was terrible, shockingly bad, and crazy expensive. I remember that. And it was so just it's kind like of a, another place that sucks. So it's kind of a crapshoot, right? Like if you're looking for a restaurant in Lincoln City, you can't really trust the reviews. On right. Airbnb, if there's lots of reviews, you can usually trust it. Usually. Yep. Although, I think so. Recently, I stayed at an Airbnb with my family uh, in Lincoln City. Uh, not <laughs> just randomly. That is where it was. That had really good reviews and it was stylish, but it really wasn't all it was cracked up to be in the reviews. You know, it still mm. wasn't quite what I expected, considering the track record that I've had with well-reviewed Airbnbs in the past. Yeah. So I don't know. There's there maybe there's just no better way, but it's kind of disappointing, right? It's like kind of a disappointing result of this tech revolution that's been happening since 2002 or so, where we review everything and the gig economy takes over and we expect to to find things based on these reviews. And it's just not quite right. You know, it's, it's, it disappoints me. It's just too easy to game the system is the problem. Yeah. That's probably a big piece of it. It's probably. Yeah. All right. Well, I'm going to go why write can't some we... bad reviews. Yeah. Let's, why can't we game the system for our benefit? Let's sell something and game the hell out of it. That's are you trying to tell me that you didn't give this podcast a five-star review? Cause you did. I don't I know, know if you I did. have or not. Oh, okay. Yeah, well, there you should. You go. But if I actually, you, think if you is, haven't, I think it is a five-star worthy podcast, though. That's the thing. So if if uh, it's you, real, okay. So go review it. If you have forgotten, go make sure you review it. You know, it's important. And hey, that 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 is for the listeners as well. We would prefer that you review oh. us well. If you want to review us hey, poorly, a, just go ahead and don't review us. You know, this is our there, livelihood. See, there man. it is. There yeah. it is. <laughs> I, that's the yeah. Thing. I know. I'm turning around. I'm turning it around. I'm turning it all no, around. No, man. Give it. Be straight. Whatever that your number is is your number. Share it with the world. It's fine. It forces right, us but to if be you've better. Made it, we like if it. If you've made it to the end of this podcast, 
which we yeah. where we are now, you're probably more likely to give it five stars than if you turn it off after ten minutes. So, and if you're doing it just to be a dick, like look inside, man. Don't take it out on us because you're a contrarian, right? Like we know. Actually, yeah, that, you... that did happen with our poker podcast. There was a four star yes. review among a sea of five star reviews many years ago, where they said I would give it five stars, but there's too many five star reviews, so I gave it four stars. Like, what the hell? Is, Don't do that. That is a good problem to have. It's a great problem to have, at least. I guess hey, it is. That's. I just want to say, that's Grant Je- Dennison. I don't know your name anymore. This is Jonathan Levy. This show is called Just Go With It, in case it isn't clear. And you, the listener, the viewer, you can send in suggestions for topics, anything you want us to talk about. We are Just Go With It Pod at no, Gmail. It's go- no, that's totally wrong. Damn it's it. A- <laughs> go With It Pod. Go With It Pod. Go With It Podcast at gmail.com. Ah. Go with it podcast at gmail.com is a good place to send us topics or questions that we will talk about if we like it. Yeah. If we don't like it, we just won't okay. mention it. And that's too bad for you. The end. Excellent.